Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I just want you. You know, the interesting thing I was realizing that praise break in the middle with the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. You know, that song is the most sung song in the history of the world. It's been sung for 2,000 years. And it is a, in every language it's been sung. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above. The heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Because He's worthy. Because He's worthy of worship. And you can tell it because when you begin to worship, something happens in you that shifts. You suddenly, you know, I love the old hymn. It said, the things of, war- of earth become strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. When I see Him, everything else seems to slide to the background. Things that seemed huge and big and horrible suddenly slide to the background. And I don't know, they haven't been resolved, but they're not the main thing. And when I make him the main thing, everything else begins to come into alignment. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. You know, one of the things we've been talking about since the beginning of this year is about this thing that each of us has a call on our life to bring blessing into this world, right? Every single one of us has something that bothers us that God is calling us to bring life and and wholeness into. But anybody here lost sight of God in seeking the thing he's called you to do? Or, Or maybe... You lost sight of God in seeking the blessing that flows from Him. It's amazing when we lose sight of Him, everything comes out of whack. Anybody here, you saw that God long, you knew it was God's best to give you something, and then it destroyed you because you took it in your hand apart from Him. This thing of keeping our eyes fixed on him, the author and the finisher of our faith, he is the one who he will bring it to completion. He's the one who the work that he began, he'll bring to completion in us, right? There's something about that. When I keep my eyes fixed on him, but there's this interesting thing. Now you haven't done this. There have been times when I have been so seeking him. Do you know the close, when you draw near to him and when everything burns away, that's not who he says you are. It feels good. And I don't ever, I don't, I don't want to ever leave. Right? Who are my people? Like I want to hide away. Mm, just me and Jesus. I don't want to go to work today. I don't want to deal with my 
spouse today. I don't want to deal with my kids today. I don't want to deal with the world today. Anybody here, you were like, I just want you. Get out of the express lane. I just want you. Get out of my lane. Right? No. But you know, the interesting thing is, Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And what did he say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and all your strength. That's a lot. And then he said, but, 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 they only asked for one. And he said, but, the second one's just like it. It is? What's the second one? Love your neighbor as yourself. How is love your neighbor as yourself the same as loving God with all your heart, mind, souls, and strength? Because here's the deal. If I love Masha, what matters to Masha matters to me. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish. He doesn't want that any, he does not desire that any should perish, but should have eternal life. This is the cry of the heart. If I love him, then what matters to him matters to me. And he's already shown me what matters to him by dying on a cross. By paying the ultimate sacrifice, he said, Father, I'll go. I will go and bring back your kids. Father, I will go. And Jesus dying on the cross, giving his life that we might live, arising again, that we might rise with him. That is what Jesus paid the highest price for. And if I want to know what is of value to you, I'll look at what you paid the highest price for. And if it matters to you, then if I say I love you, then what matters to you will matter to me. But if all I want to do is huddle close to the throne and I won't follow your gaze out into the world. And so we live in this constant cycle. I just want you. You just want them. <laughs> I just want you. I brought them with me. You tracking with me? I just want you. Okay. I'll go bring them. I'll follow your gaze and I'll come and I'll bring. See, one of the things I've discovered is there are, Jesus said this. We talked about this last week. Seek for, Jesus said, if you're struggling with anxiety, anybody not? Okay, okay. Who has a pulse? Maybe that's easier, right? Listen, you're either struggling with anxiety or giving in. <laughs> right? Anxiety. They, you know, this is common to all. Why? Because the enemy brings fear. And that's why God says, fear not. That's why he says, be anxious for nothing. And he follows that up by saying, what? Seek what? First, the kingdom. My kingdom. The kingdom of God and my righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. What are these things? All the things we're worried about. Well, you know, so you guys remember Maslow's hierarchy of needs? All you psychology people? You know, it's like, well, you know, the very, the, I, I would add something to it. We talked about this primary. What's primary? Oxygen. If you take it away, right? What's after that? Water. After that, food, right? After that, shelter, you know, safety. You know, just keep going down. But 
but once you get to those, there, there, Maslow said, then there's self-actualization. Becoming who you were made to be, which is true. Who here, you have pursued what God called you to do, and in so doing, became anxious about the gift of God. Because, but one of the things the Lord keeps saying is, as you began, so continue. Right? Seek first what? The kingdom. How do you find the kingdom? You seek the king. When you find the king, you find the kingdom. When you follow the king's eyes, you end up where he wants you to go, doing what he wants you to do, empowered to do what he's called you to do. Why am I saying this? We've been talking about Gideon. You guys remember Gideon? The nation of Israel had for seven years been playing the fool. Anybody here played the fool? What happens when you play the fool? <laughs> you get your lunch money took, right? You do. You, you, bad things happen, and, and it says God turned them over. You know what? <laughs> they kept going over, and finally God said, you can go. And they, they were turned over to the Midianites. They had their lunch money taken day in, day out. You know, these raiders would come in and steal everything. And so they began to hide in the ground. They began to hide their stuff in the ground so they wouldn't lose. And instead of playing to win, they played not to lose. Do you think all those Israelites, did they have a call on their life? Did they have something they were called to do? Do you think there were people who were called to, let's say, be married? Do you think there were people who were called to have kids? I was like, wow, that was awkward. All right, married, kids. Uh, do you think there were people that were called to start businesses? Do you think there were people who were called to, uh, to help others? You know, I don't know, maybe start an orphanage. I don't know. But do you know none of those could happen as long as the Midianites were coming in? Because every single time they were taking away, they were taking away kids. They were taking away stuff. They were taking away. It just didn't matter. And so as a result, they could not move forward with their vision until they prioritized God's vision. But when they came out and they prioritized God's vision of the deliverance of Israel, then they all could begin to move in their vision. So we talked last week, by the way, this is all intro. Um, we talked last week about this interesting thing that we're called, all of us, to be ministers of reconciliation. That if we are a new creation in Christ, 2 Corinthians tells us, then by nature we are ambassadors of reconciliation. I get to tell you, God's not mad at you. God loves you. God is here for you. He wants to welcome you back into the family. Jesus paid the price for you to be adopted into the family of God. Do you wanna? Every single one of us. But we talked about the fact that most of us feel disqualified. I don't know enough. I'm not smart enough. Or, or anybody like, I don't have a good enough testimony. I haven't sinned good enough. Get busy, people. Right? Oh, man. I don't know the Bible enough. But we talked about this thing 
what, what did God say to Gideon? Go in the strength you have. And what is the strength you and I have? Is the things that God has done for us. We don't give people what we think they need. We give them what we have. And so we said there's this simple way to talk about it. There was a time when. Could be last week I, whatever. When I was blank and blank. When I was afraid and tired. But then, but then, Jesus did what? Okay, well, for me, I was tired and afraid. He quieted my heart and he gave me sleep. Anybody been in the middle of the night? Come on. You know, anybody here struggled with insomnia? When you can't sleep in the middle of the night, guess what? Everything else, nothing else matters. Like there could be going nuclear bombs over. You just say, I just want to sleep. That can be the most supernatural testimony you'll ever hear. And now I am rested and peaceful. Actually, do you want to know something? This was this morning. This was this morning because literally I woke up at 3 a.m. afraid that I'd left my dog out all night. And so I asked Jesus what to do. He said, ah, it'll be all right. I'll make up your sleep. I hadn't left out my dog, but I, had, I did come here to check on the heat. So there was that. But, but he took and he multiplied my rest and he gave me peace. And now I am. So this super simple way of saying, there was a time when I was anxious and depressed. Or there was a time, whatever is true for you, then Jesus, boom, boom, super simple, and now I am. Why is this so important? Because the world isn't interested in a thousand arguments. What they want to see is evidence. They want to see evidence of a God. Most people, I always say this, I've never met an atheist who doesn't believe in the same God I don't believe in. Because I've rejected that capricious, evil God they don't like either. Because I know a heavenly father who's full of love. You don't have to be the answer for everybody. You just have the answer for somebody. All right. All right. Mm. All right, I want you to stick with that. Um, again, I, one of the things I, I mentioned I, I mentioned that's really wild about these, we'll have them out front, is they're not just good for re, being ministers of reconciliation with the lost. They're not just good for that, but it's also, we're called to be ministers of rec reconciliation in the body. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We're made to build connection with our brothers and sisters. But do you know how electricity transfers from one wire to another? Current. Current? If I've got two wires, what do I have to do to make sure that electricity transfers from one to the other? I've got to connect them. 
But even if I connect them, nothing's happening. Why is nothing happening? Huh? It's got to be turned on. I'm touching. Plugged in. But if you know, if there's, what's on the outside of a normal wire? Insulation. If I'm touching insulation to insulation, will electricity transfer? I have to strip off the insulation and allow vulnerability to touch vulnerability. This is vulnerability. I'm not telling you what you need. I'm not telling you something. I'm telling you I was blind, but now I see. Remember the Samaritan woman? She said, come, see the man who told me everything about me. You hear vulnerability in that? I don't know if he's the Messiah or not, but I was blind and now I see. Come and see. There's something about that. Come and see. Come and see that's so incredibly powerful. But I want to say again is in the middle of this, I, I mentioned Gideon's making this call for this mighty, this call to deliver the people of Israel. But a lot of people were like, I'm probably said I'm busy. Right? It's too risky. I don't want to. But none of the things they were called to do would happen unless they stepped into participating in the deliverance of Israel. You want me to switch to that one? None of those things would happen apart from the larger vision. I'm just going to say something right now. Many of us are playing not to lose. Not to lose in our relationships. Not to lose in our business. Not to lose in our finances. Not to lose in all these areas of life. And part of the reason is we've retreated from what God's primary mission to our mission. We've retreated our mission falls into that. We're called to be ministers of reconciliation. Everywhere we go, in every situation, with every person, whether they believe or don't. And how do I do that? By me showing up and showing up with who he is. And I show that up in my vulnerability. This is who I was. This is where I was. This is what's happened. And I've discovered for myself in my own life that when I lead with vulnerability, guess what? It gives a chance for somebody else to show up. And guess what? When they show up, when you and I show up, guess what Jesus said? Where two or more are gathered, there I'm in the midst. When I show up and you show up, Jesus is in the midst. Many of us are not seeing Jesus because we're trying to do it alone. Many of us are not seeing God showing up in other areas of our lives because we're like, God, I'll care about yours when you care about mine. But he does care. He does care. So he invites all the Israelites to join with Gideon into this larger mission so that they can see what God's going to do. But so we talked about last week that in uh, Judges chapter 7, Gideon uh, has made the mistake of following Jesus, following God, right? He makes the call, <laughs> the end of chapter 6, and says, come fight with me against the Midianites. And the automatic result was what? More enemies, more enemies, more enemies. 
Obedience doesn't guarantee an easy outcome. Obedience. Mm. Who here, you've been obedient and the exact opposite happened than you expected? That doesn't mean you were not doing it right. Jesus put it this way. We talked about this. Is He kept it's saying with the disciples, you of little faith. You know what that little faith means? It's short-term faith. You weren't faithful long enough. Wait, wait, wait. Anybody here uh, like do work with plants? If you plant a seed, what do you have to do to see it grow? Wait and water it. Now, here's the deal. If I'm just waiting passively, doing nothing, is it going to grow? I have to water it. Yeah, but what's the point? Nothing's happening. What's the point? Nothing's... Am I in anybody's junk yet? What's the point? Nothing's happening. If I'm being obedient and nothing's happening, it must not be God. Do not grow, we grow weary. Do not become discouraged in the small beginning. Don't become weary of doing good because in due season you will reap a harvest. But who are my people? I get tired in that obedience and I decide, you know what? I'm just going to worry about me. Bury some stuff in the ground. Play not to lose. And that's another reason why it's so important that I keep my eyes fixed where he's looking because he knows what I need more than I do. He's like, uh -uh. you're doing it alone. Because see, the mission God's called me to do doesn't exist in a vacuum. It's in the context of his larger body. Yeah. And when I prioritize what's on his heart, he's going to lead me to his people. And they're, I'm going to find encouragement. I'm going to find who I am. See, I can't know who I am apart from you. You're the mirrors that show me who I am. I can't know. I can't find the strength I need to do the things God's called me unless I'm connected to you. You guys ever seen a hand apart from the Adams family where it walks around by itself? No. Why cannot a hand can do nothing of itself? God, Jesus put it this way. Abide in me and I in you. And you'll bring forth fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. We are grafted into the vine. I need you. You need me. If we're going to walk in what he's called us to do, we've got to stay in his primary mission, which is that ministry of reconciliation with each other and with the world. And when I keep his desire for reconciliation at the fore in every situation, guess what? I find so many other things just get resolved. All right. Okay, anybody here had a transmission go out? You know, and you're gunning it and you're barely moving. Who are my, you know what I'm talking about? Like you're just gunning and you're like and you're like you're like revving it to 10,000 RPMs and it's like going 5 miles an hour and you're like just get me to a parking space. I'm triggering some people, okay? All right, so the reason is that your, the motor is, is spinning, but it's not engaging. 
We're expending energy, but we're not engaging. We're expending. The answer is not necessarily try harder. Many of us, we're trying to resolve things on our own. We're trying to resolve things in the privacy of our own prayer closet with Jesus. And Jesus is saying, I need to call you out to your, my people. The reason you're powerless is you're by yourself. You're like, well, I'll go out when I'm powerful. He's like, when you connect with my people, you become powerful. See, the problem is, is that transmission is not engaging. All the power is being released, but none of it's reaching the wheels. Could it be there are things in your life, things you're struggling with, because you're on your own private mission for, for self-improvement? And therefore, you are failing to see the power God has put forth in his body? Man, I don't know about you, but... In worship with you today, God did something in my heart. And it wasn't in the melodies and the tones. It was in the presence of the body and the spirit. I need Christ in you, the hope of glory. I need what you bring. And I can't do it on my own. Every single one of us has gifts and callings on our life that are too big for us to do. They will crush us. Unless we stay connected to his body and his mission. But when we do, guess what? It all begins to work. Because you lend me your strength. You lend me your encouragement. You remind me who I am. You remind me what I'm made for. And let me tell you, when God flows through me to you or to anybody else, and I feel that, that connection that happens of being a minister of reconciliation... I come alive. Do you know what I'm talking about? And so, but even so, if you follow God, you will be find yourself in a scary place. So what does Gideon do? You remember Gideon? He, he took down, he's like, he rallied 32,000, came against 135,000, right? 135,000 raiders, 32,000 Israelites. And God said, too much. I can't help you here. Because you'll trust in your own strength. <clears throat> Who are my people? God told you something to do on January 1st. You're like, I got my plan for January the whole year. And you already allotted all of your energy and all of your abilities. And you've already got figured out how you might be able to pull it off. That's not how it's happening. That's not how it's happening. That's not how it's happening. Because God's got resource you know not of, and you will not have access to the resource he has if it's all on you. And so God, you know, sends, he says, anybody scared can leave. Soldiers? If you ask any man before a battle if he's scared, well, most of them are, but only about 10,000 were willing not to say it. Right? So he, had, he was down to 10,000, 22,000 left. And then God said, too many. And then they got it down to 300. And Gideon is now terrified. If you follow God, God will say over and over again to you, fear not. Why does he tell you that? 
Because he led you to the place you're terrified. Listen, who but an idiot would not be terrified if you got 300 guys facing down 135 guys, 1,000 guys? The odds are 450 to 1. Okay, just imagine yourself out in the parking lot with 450 bikers. And I don't mean like, you know, like the Tour de France. <laughs> out there with chains. And you're like, all right, boys, bring it on. 450 of them. And Gideon, let me tell you, if you follow God, you will find yourself in a place that fundamentally defies logic. Paul put it this way. He said, by the renewing of your mind, you're able to prove, demonstrate, reveal the will of God. In other words, you will see things that only he can show you and follow him places only he can lead you. But suddenly, you will constantly have this thing. Who are my bifocal people? Yeah, have you ever seen someone and they got a new pair of bifocals and they're going like, yeah, they're chicken necking? Why are they doing that? Because they're trying to see far near, far near, far near, right? It's the same thing. When we walk with God, we have that kind of double vision where you see things in the natural like, we should be scared. God, what do you think? Ah, it's all good. Are you sure? Yeah. Uh, you. Look at the things. Look at God. Look at the things. Look at God. Look at the things. Look at my brother. Look at things. Look at God. Look at my brother. And so Gideon, I love it, Gideon says, I can't do it. And God said, not a problem. If you really want to be encouraged, anybody praying for encouragement in your life? Okay, you ready for this? This is how you get it. He says, go down to the enemy camp. We are up on a hill, safely protected, long, far enough away to get a running start. Go down to the enemy's camp. Does that sound like a good idea? No, people are like, I know the answer is yes, but I feel like no. <laughs> right? Okay, it's a bad idea. In the natural, it's bad. But God goes, go down to the enemy's camp. And so Gideon takes a brother with him. Here's the, here's the big deal. We talk about this all the time as men. It's so important that we invite each other to our battles. Anybody here, you get a little stupid in your own battle? No? Like, 3 a.m., anybody been dumb? Yeah, okay. So, so this is so important that we invite, so he takes somebody with him. Why is this? Because sometimes when you go places with God, things happen, and you need a witness to say, did that really happen? <laughs> I just need to know. Am I crazy? You heard that too. Okay. So he goes down to the enemy camp. And he sneaks into the enemy camp, and he comes across two guys sitting there. And the guy goes, man, I had the weirdest dream. I saw this big barley loaf rolling down the hill. I, if I'm getting it, I'm like, this is why I snuck into a risky life for a barley loaf. And it came down, and it hit a tent, knocked it over. Ooh deep and the other guy goes whoa that must be none other than Gideon and he's gonna destroy us all I know something about dream interpretation I don't know how you got that I was like you saying I'm like 
chunky. Like, I, I don't know. What are we talking about here? Like, you can roll him down the hill. I, I don't understand. But here's the deal. Of all the places I would expect to be encouraged in the camp of the enemy is the last place. But do you remember what, what, what happened? He got the word of the Lord. And then he had to, if he wanted to test the word of the Lord, it was going to be expensive. He made that sacrifice of the goat and the half bushel of flour. And then when he wanted to follow God and test him again, he did the fleece with tons of water in the middle of a famine. And then the final thing is he's testing God here. It's going to cost you. But he leads him to this scary place to show him, to encourage him with the Lord. This gift of faith rises up in Gideon. And Gideon and his buddy Pura are like, yeah, we can do this. And it leads to this last verse. What does he say? He gets up and he calls out, get up. The Lord has given the Midianite camp into our hands. Here's my question. What in the natural says this will happen? Is there anything in the natural that says that the camp will be given into his hands? Zero. If you are waiting on 100% proof before you go, you'll never go. If you try to go alone, You'll never go. And I want to say this again. I feel like many of us, we are expending so much energy in so many places because we're disengaged from his primary mission and his, and his body. But if we would engage with his mission and with his body, we would find encouragement to go where he's calling us to go. And, and to do what he's calling us to do. Because his missions for you are real. They're on, they're on it. Like he has a desire to give you a future and a hope. You guys remember what the disciples said after Jesus said, how hard is it for a rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven? And what did the disciples say? What about us? I mean, why? Why did they ask it? They were planning to be wealthy. That was the whole point of following Jesus. We're going to get thrones and we're going to rule and reign and have power, right? But what? He says, he says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. You'll have houses. You'll have family. Don't worry about it. You'll have it in the future and even more so. God is all about those things. He came up with the idea of family. He came up with the idea of marriage, of kids. He came up with the idea of business and, and, and creating wealth and all these things. That's his idea. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. So my question for you is this. Do you have a desire or a promise of God that has been taking your lunch money? It's been robbing you of joy. It's been making you angry. It's been making you mad. It's been making you frustrated. It's been making you beat down. It's been making you hopeless. Could it be that it has become an idol that needs to be submitted to the call of being an ambassador of reconciliation 
in the larger body, in the kingdom, walking with one another, and find that in this, we will all rise up and bring the world into encounter with the God of love. I just want you to stay in that place for just a minute. it's an uncomfortable place but the promises of God are, are true they're faithful but they were never meant for us to do on our own so just close your eyes for a minute if you're willing just pray with me Jesus I want to surrender the promises you've given me I give them back to you. They're your job to do in me. And Jesus, I receive your mission. Jesus, use me how you see fit. All right, now I'm going to meddle. I just feel like as we did that, I heard a bunch of us say, but not there, but not that, not them. Anything that I talk to before I say yes to Jesus is an idol. Anything that I, that I listen to more than God is an idol. He is a good, loving Father. He's not just going to do things to torment you. But even those exclusions need to be laid at the foot of the cross. Because they may be the very means by which He plans to bless you and bring you into the destiny He's called you to. He who attempts to save his life will lose it. Jesus. We've tried to save our lives, and it hasn't worked. We've tried to achieve our own purposes and destinies, and it hasn't worked. So humbly we come before you, Lord, and we lay them down. We say, not our will, but yours be done. Not our will, but yours be done. On earth as it is in heaven. And we will trust you for daily bread. And we will forgive those who've trespassed against us. And you're not going to lead us into temptation, but rather you'll deliver us from evil because yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. If we could have the worship team come up. Lord, I want to be money. I want to be coins in your hand to spend as you see fit. I've lived so much of my life trying to protect myself trying to promote myself. Lord, I lay it down. I say, Lord, have your way in me. Have your way in me. Let's stand and worship Him together.
For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.